0: comfort solutions text line at 405-651-3439 hit the guys up on the riverwind casino calling line at 405-329-9000 live from the buffalo wild wing studios it's the rush with tyler McComas and travis davidson
1: our team has bounced back and fought after so many heartbreaking losses we lost last possession Texas, last possession Iowa State, last possession Kansas, and then just last possession Baylor. Every game we have fought back and showed resilience, toughness, bouncing back. Tonight we didn't. T- tonight we didn't. Tonight was a total beatdown. You know, from the moment from the from the jump, we filed a jump shooters start the game. Um, we filed three jump shooters to start the game. We, um, you know, we were passive against their press. Um, their length and athletic ability um, is is tremendous. The the defensive length of switching and then they're just absolutely going so downhill in transition. And then they rebound a uh, combination of all that. But the biggest thing is this team that tonight we did not, uh, we did not bounce back. We had a tough loss against Baylor the other night. And this is the first time all year we did not bounce back, but you got to give credit to, to TCU. They came out from the jump. Um, they were their aggressor. Um, they were, they were the one that was going downhill and, um, uh, they just – it was a beatdown.
2: Yeah, that wasn't fun last night. Porter Moser calls it a beatdown. That's exactly what it was. Um, you turn on the game, and the next thing you know, they're down 11 nothing, And you're saying to yourself, Travis Davidson, yeah, I can, uh, I can see exactly how this was going to go. Which I, I guess some people got their wish last night. Because, yes, the close losses have been very frustrating. I was hearing some takes of, gosh, you know what, man? I'd rather get blown out than lose the way that they are, you know, having a lead with two minutes left. Well, you got your wish last night. Was that any better? Because that sure wasn't any fun getting blown out instead of a close loss.
3: Yeah, I think the fan base as a whole, Tyler, has, uh, you know, gotten, the, gotten used to the term heartbreaking loss. Um, to your point, I don't think I've ever heard – a blowout be described as heartbreaking. So theoretically, <laughs> <laughs> theoretically, you would prefer not to have your heart broken. I imagine. Uh, so yeah, it was man, it was bad last night. And you know, Grant Sherfield has to play well for this team to succeed, and he just has not been himself. I believe it's the uh, what third straight game where he has not scored in the second half. Obviously, starters got got pulled uh, this game, but. Yeah, just tough stuff, man. And this is a guy, Tyler, who went into the game, I think fifth in the Big Twelve in scoring and seventh in assists in who everybody is calling the best conference in America by far. I mean, six of our sixty percent of the conference is ranked in the top twenty, Tyler. So um, you know it. it, it if he doesn't play well, then this team just it yeah. just needs more dudes because because the dude.
2: he's the closest thing that they have to a dude, and right. He, right. he's he's too inconsistent right now to be labeled as that type of guy. Um, I, I I did think that. You know, maybe earlier in the conference slate that he has a chance to be that guy for this team, but he's just been too inconsistent here recently. And, and, and yeah, there's a lot of takeaways from last night, which, by the way, text line, how you feeling? How you feeling about things with OU Hoops? 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. You know, it, it was just evident. TCU's a really good team, and they definitely have an argument for best team in the conference. But they were missing their big guy, Eddie Lampkin and you thought that that could maybe give you not an edge down low but that could maybe help you keep this game close late and it was never close at all man it was it was disappointing so they they need a dude out on the perimeter that can go get him a bucket they also need some big guys man they need some versatile big guys that can hang with the Eddie Lampkins hang with the big guys that KU has on a year in year out basis down low they just i i, I know it's simple but they they just they need more they need more really good players is what this program needs obviously.
3: Yeah, and uh, on the text line a little bit earlier, somebody had said you know the last you know great big guy we had was Blake Griffin. We just need to go get another one of those. I'm like, look guys, like when when you go down the list of basketball players that have their jerseys hanging from the rafters, four out of the five are from the state of Oklahoma. Sure, Blake Griffin grew up in Edmond. You know, Trey Young, I know we're, not, we're talking big guys, but Trey Young grew up in Norman. So it's like there's a certain point where you can't just say, well, hopefully a top five pick happens to be growing up in the area and we'll just, we'll just bring him in. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's part of the issue. You know, you've got to recruit nationally if you're Oklahoma. We just haven't really been able to throughout the, uh, you know, throughout the past couple decades, really.
2: Yeah, and look, I don't cover uh, or, or really follow college basketball recruiting nearly as closely as I do college football recruiting, but it's not like there's you know 400 legit big men every single year that you can find in recruiting. Like I'm going to guess that recruiting big men is a little bit like recruiting defensive tackles. Like yes, you want one, you gotta have one if you're going to be a championship team. But there's way more, you know. Guards are maybe more easily accessible in recruiting than legitimate big men are. So they're they're hard to find. They're hard to recruit. They're hard to sign. But OU's going to have to find a way to it's get like some defensive tackles, things. right? Yeah, it's that's, kinda what, like that's defensive what I just tackles. said. Yeah, yeah.
3: Ver- versus the wide receivers and running backs of the world. And 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 to your point, you got to get them. But I don't feel like we're the only team in the country that doesn't have a strong inside presence. So, but the problem is, you know, they've got dudes around. They've got a bunch of wings. That's one thing about TCU that they demolished us with was that they could switch everything. I mean, absolutely everything, one through five, um, with particular lineups. And that's just, when you have that type of athleticism and you give up that in in transition, you know, you're fouling a bunch. I know, you know, Porter talked about it. You're fouling three-point shooters early. I mean, it's just – TCU had everything going right last night, man, and yeah, OU did. just had everything wrong. I, I heard the national guys say it was their most well-attended game in TCU basketball history.
2: Well, you could hear the student section um, easily yeah. dur- during the broadcast. I mean, they, they were very, very easy to hear. Um, here was not a fun realization last night. Somewhere around the you know early second half or so, it's like, man, TCU's putting a beat down on OU right now. Kind of like the beat down they put on OU in football it like it was not a fun realization travis to realize like dang TCU's been putting it on you here uh, recently um I, TCU is having a banner year with their athletic department i know that but it wasn't fun to realize like dang in football they handed it to you and then uh, college basketball they're doing the same thing like that's that's a little annoying it, i would like that to change please
3: <laughs> yeah yeah no doubt about that and it's you know I, I, I put some tweets out there last night about you know TCU's crowd is you know they they, they came to play they're engaged we heard the air balls rain down um, man they were they were engaged and you know I know I know you can't often say much about the crowd without it turning into a discussion about OU, OU's crowd but a lot of the conversations that I had last night were about the style of play and how it's not exciting um, what do you think about that Tyler um, yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's not an exciting
2: brand of basketball right now. Now, if Grant Shurfield's hitting from the uh, from the outside, Milos Yuzan is is getting to the rim, then it's a lot more fun to watch. But, like, like style of play, sure, this team's just not playing with any confidence right now. And no team that's playing without any confidence is any fun to watch, Travis. Like, that's – I, I, I there, there, we have a text on here saying – I think it's from uh, Kendall. I heard this last night in a Twitter space, but what your opinion – has Porter lost the locker room? Maybe he has lost the locker room. I just think that that is a very, normally, a very lazy narrative to just turn to once a team starts losing. We did it last year. Uh, when the football team started to lose. I don't think that that necessarily has to be the case. We'll see if this team bounces back or not, but I I, I often think it's a lazy take when a team starts losing and it says, oh, the coach just lost the locker room. I don't think that that happens nearly as much as people would like to think, and I don't think that's necessarily going on here either. There's not – there needs to
3: be more talent. I also don't think Porter comes across as a guy who loses a locker room, if that makes sense. like – Porter, if you've ever had conversations with him, if you've ever listened to him speak, anything like that, and I understand I'm not in the locker room, so I know it's different. I, I totally know it's different. But he doesn't seem like a guy that, that people stop believing in if they're you know, in close circles with him, or or you know, stop wanting to play for it. it just doesn't feel like that, Tyler. Um, and I do agree. I think that's a little bit lazy, just to say, well, you know, he's just he's lost the locker room. We've we've played some really close games, Tyler. I mean, heartbreaking losses. And you know, when you lose what four one possession games to, I think most of them were to ranked teams. I mean, yeah, that gets at you, but you're still really. Close without sorry having a oh like, like, oh we got yeah, a triggered moment right do, there. Do you oh, hear man. me pause? Did you hear I did. me pause. I was, I was like, like, yeah,
2: he didn't want to say uh, that. He no, didn't realize he realized what he said after I he know said I it. didn't want to say <laughs> it, but
3: but I I don't think when losses like that continue to stack. Now if we go out and we get beat by thirty five points to the number two team in the country, which if we play like we did oh last night, we will. Then you can start to have those conversations, but I don't I don't think so many. Close games. I don't think that's. I think that's a situation where they say, "What can we do a little bit different here? A little bit different there." Not just we're giving up on the guy.
2: Uh text line from the nine one eight. Where's my fork? Stick it in them. They are done. This text says, "Can PJ Atabare play basketball too?" Well, initially his dreams were uh, on the basketball side. He switched. Jacoby it. Johnson can. Yeah, Jacoby Johnson can. He's playing at Mustang right now. PJ was initially a basketball player before he came a football player. Then he became a football player and he became a five-star edge player. So, yeah, I, P.J. could probably figure it out, but he's not going to play basketball here. Uh, let's see. I like this one from the 405. We just need to get another Blake Griffin, another Buddy Heald, and another Wayman Tisdale, and we'll be fine. <laughs>
3: right? Just another National uh, Player of the Year, and we're, we're golden, baby.
2: Fire Joe C., fire Coach V., fire Porter Moser. Fire Patty Gasso, fire everybody, and start all over. Did I do this right? Thanks, fellas. Boomer in all caps.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that sounds about right. Yeah. Uh
2: OU Hoops always suffers when they don't have a Blake Griffin, Buddy Healed, or Trey Young without a star. OU Hoops has always been just average, especially with fan engagement. Uh this one says, I thought Kadeem Latin was a pretty good big man. Always thought he was a little skinny, but good rebounder in blocking shots. Kadeem Latin is actually a is a pretty interesting example because his I think it was his freshman year, freshman year, sophomore year was OU's Final Four year, and I, I don't think that we're sitting here now and saying Kadeem Latin is a top five big man at OU at all time or even a top ten big man, but they were so talented out on the perimeter, and he was playing alongside um, he was playing alongside Ryan Spangler that it allowed him to block a ton of shots that year yeah. when OU rolled to the Final Four. So, yeah, y- y- you need a big man. You need two big men that, that are he- really, really good. But you, you need players around as well, like Kadim Latin had his freshman, sophomore year, whatever it was, to, to really free him up to block some shots.
3: Yeah, it was very much akin to watching Serge Ibaka you know, play, and not to say that he's at Serge Ibaka's level. I'm just, I'm just talking roles here, where you could come off the weak side as somebody was bodying up Spangler and get blocks, just easy blocks that they didn't see you coming from the opposite side. Now, that takes a lot of anticipation, good timing, everything like that, and it does take a lot of talent, but to your point, I mean, when he came out of high school, he was 6'9", like 190 pounds. So, I mean, when, when we talk about bigs, we're talking about big bodies, and, and Spangler, to my point earlier, Spangler was from Oklahoma, so it was another local guy that, you know, was part of that team. And, and that was a really well-rounded team as well. It wasn't just that we were leaning on, you know, Kadeem Latin to, to, to take us over the top.
2: OU is not a basketball school. Only Billy and Kelvin made it work. Um, consistently, sure, but Jeff Capel um, got to the Elite Eights. Uh, Lon Kruger got to the Final Four, so there's actually like consistently Billy and Kelvin, oh, oh, okay. But outs- they've they've had other coaches outside those two that have uh, reached high levels in the NCAA tournament, right. and, and that's you know it's a very interesting point about OU basketball because yes, the crowd support is not great right now, yes, the facility is is not great right now, but how many how many college basketball programs. Have like four successful head coaches, or how many college basketball programs have had at least four coaches that have made the elite Eights? I-, I bet it's a pretty small group. I bet oh, it's yeah. a very
3: small group. No, oh, I agree with that. Something and I- and else. I don't
2: know if that means anything in terms of how good this job is currently, where it stands right now. But the coaches recently have all had it. Maybe it's just a one or two year stretch, but all some some decent success at, at times, one way or the other.
3: Yeah, I think judging the program, you have to you know consider. How tough it is to recruit, right? Uh, we're not in traditionally a, a a hotbed. You know, obviously we talked about you know the the Trey Youngs and the Blake Griffins, and and historically you go back to the Wayman Tisdale's and the Stacy Kings and um, all them. But it's it's one of those things. It's not in a hotbed. It is known as a football blue blood, and to be quite frank, it does not have fan support that is anything to write home about. And it needs an updated arena. So when you bring in a kid whose top five might be, um, I don't know, uh, Kentucky, um, Kentucky, KU, Texas, and Texas Tech, say, say just that, and you roll them into Oklahoma, what, are you, what exactly are you selling them on? The crowd support doesn't touch anything close to what those schools have. The facilities don't. Um, and everybody, you know, the, the biggest crowd we had was at the Florida game. Because Brett Venables was going to be there and speak. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, you know, even the only reason people are going to the basketball games in the droves that we want is if it has something to do with something about football. So uh, it's a tough place to recruit to, no doubt.
2: Uh, how many times have you seen this entire starting five have an off night on the same night? That's what it felt like to me. That's from the 405. Yeah, I mean, like we—I think we could all tell once it once they got down eleven nothing, it was going to be a tough night. And OU only had one score in double figures last night. That was C.J. Nolan with eleven. So if you want to say all five starters had an off night, I mean, yeah, Jalen Hill had eight, Tanner Groves had two, Jacob Groves had three, uh, Los had two, and Grit Sherfield had five. Like, OU's not beating anyone if they're starting five, uh, play to that level. And you're right, man. I mean, I, you got the number two team in the country coming in on Saturday. You you better, you better have a more spirited effort, a better effort, or it's going to look very similar on Saturday as to what it did last night. And you don't want that on your home floor.
3: Right. No, I, yeah, you, you, you don't want it because that's when, again, the conversations of, you know, has he lost the locker room? Is it you know, what what is it what does this program look like in the future with him at the helm? I know he has has gone to all of the fraternities and sororities and tried to drum up support and you know, that all looks great on video, but if if they're not coming to the games, then I mean I don't know how I don't know how you get dudes. Like I don't know what Porter Moser can do on the recruiting front compared to the rest of his competitors for those guys. Sure.
2: Uh, let's see. Just talk softball, says the 918. Maybe it will ease the tension of the basketball struggle. Hey, Diamond Envy Podcast. Huh? Go uh, download. Go uh, subscribe. I got the, the latest uh, episode hit on Friday. A Diamond Envy Podcast. Go download that one. All right, we'll, uh, we'll get to Jeff Levy coming up next. What's the latest? What's the scuttlebutt out there? Who is Alabama targeting as its next offensive coordinator? And where does Jeff Levy fit in that? We'll talk about that more. Coming up next, keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans.
0: Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on The Ref Sports Radio Network. Your home for Sooner fans. Go big and drive home. Save on the new 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab and take $2,500 off MSRP and 2.9% for up to 60 months. Denali 84 AT4 and 84X are excluded.
2: And don't miss out it is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson in today until 6 p.m. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, the latest scuttle with Jeff Lebby is, yeah, that, nothing's changed. It sounds like Alabama really, really wants him as the offensive coordinator, but that might be the scuttlebutt out in Tuscaloosa. But the word around here, Travis, has not changed. No one around here thinks that Jeff Lebby is going to go to Alabama. So I'm sure Bama people will tell you that, hey man, this is like a real thing. Like you really need to keep your eye on it. I'm sure they will. But everyone around here that you ask say, "There's just yes, they're interested, but he's he's not going anywhere."
3: Yeah, I mean it's 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 funny. It's he's at his alma mater, and I think that matters more to him than people are are willing to give credence to. Uh, you know. I don't think he wants to go out, you know, on a year like he had last year. I know he's got Jackson coming in. He got a lot of dudes to come in. Um, I, I just don't think he has a ton to gain by going to Alabama. And I know what everybody's saying right now. Alabama is at a different level than Oklahoma right now, yeah. and has been for the last two decades. It's true. I understand that. I completely understand that. But when you're talking about coaching jobs, Jeff Levy's next coaching job will be a head coach. He's already turned down two head coaching jobs that were offered to him. Granted, they were G5 jobs, not P5 jobs. But this guy, within two or three years, will be coaching Power Five football. And I, I want people to consider this because the, you know, the the talk is Tyler that well if Jackson Arnold, you know, if Levy takes a different job, Jackson Arnold's just gonna follow him wherever. I personally think that. Jeff Levy will not be here throughout Jackson Arnold's career, anyways, because I think he'll be a head coach by the time Jackson's a uh, senior, or ju- you know, junior. Redshirt, if it junior, goes whatever, according like
2: it. to plan, that'll probably be the case. Sure, right. Like, I, right. if Jeff Levy is here in six years, that's not necessarily a, a, well. I, I don't know if he would be here in six years. Like, either you're, it I almost feels shocked. like at this level, especially since you're about to go to the SEC, either you're really good and you get a head coaching job within the first three years. Or, I, you know, like, I just don't think you see, like, and I'm sure there's some instances of it, but at this level, do you see a whole lot of offensive coordinators stick around for six years? It's almost like you're really good and go elsewhere, or you're fired after four or five years, if, if you get what I'm saying.
3: Right, and that's why I think, I mean, if he's already turning down offers after, you know, and, and we talked about it with Ole Miss, Tyler, we said, all right, if Lane takes Auburn— Jeff Lebby be on the short list of Ole Miss. We're talking about an SEC SEC West head coaching gig. I mean, I just and I'm I'm getting called out on the uh, on the text line. I said two decades. I meant a decade. Um, you know, a decade and a half. I guess at this point, Alabama has has been a better. If you wanted to combine
2: the two decades, they obviously but, have more national championships. Yeah.
3: But whatever. I the, yeah. The over, the, point, the, ar- yes. the point is. That I don't think Alabama offensive coordinator is is that much of a step up from Oklahoma, especially considering you know all the all the things he's got going for him in Oklahoma right now uh, and the opportunities. So yeah, I I personally don't don't think uh, you know he's gone. Plus, if you win at Alabama, who gets the credit, Tyler?
2: Nick Saban's always going to get the credit. Um, and, Nick and Saban's always gotten the credit, and I, and I mentioned this yesterday, is you know he's he's had a lot of high-level offensive coordinators. Lane Kiffin, who's now a head coach in the SEC West. Sark, who's a head coach at Texas. Bill O'Brien has been a head coach in the NFL. Like I don't think there's been another program out there that's had more high-level offensive coordinators in Alabama. But still, at the end of the day, it's, oh, my gosh, Nick Saban's willingness and ability to adapt to the changing ways of conversation college football it's why he's the goat it's why he's the best of all time and though I agree with it it goes to your point is yes those OCs will get nice jobs but Saban's always going to get the credit and that'd be the exact same thing for Jeff Levy if he were to go to Bama
3: yeah I do think Venables will get you know credit for a turnaround from last season there's no doubt but I mean again it's not when you go to Alabama sure you can get a good job there but you can get a good job straight from Oklahoma too so I'm not particularly worried about that
2: I, I I've been saying it for a week now. I if you want to if you want to be worried about something, um, I guess worry about the men's basketball program. Um, but I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried about Jeff Levy. Now, if I'm wrong about that, I, I do think that that is something to be concerned about because this is a big year too for the staff. You're trying to get a lot of things accomplished in the spring. It would be it would be a pretty big setback if you had to hire a new OC going into spring. And you got to learn an entirely new system like that. That would be a pretty tough setback. Massive. But again, for the 80th time, I, I don't think that this program's going to have to worry about that. They'll have their OC intact.
3: Yeah. yeah, and and obviously the question is, well, why haven't we heard anything yet? Why hasn't he announced? Hey, nothing. To, I mean, kind of to Parker's point uh, on his text about why does everybody have to make an announcement, right? Do you do you necessarily think Jeff Levy has to make an announcement that he's no. Not leaving the job that he is currently No. performing. Dude, this is business, man.
2: Like Je- Jeff Lebby can absolutely be sitting here right now saying, "I I, I don't want to leave." Like we got to remember, he's got a family. Like he's got a wife, he's got a kid. They've been moving around uh, seemingly every single year uh, since he, you know, that whole Baylor thing happened. You know, maybe maybe they want to stick in the same place for a while. You know, maybe that's the case. Like Jeff Lebby, if you asked him right now, he'd say, "I have no intentions." But this is still a business. At the end of the day, Travis. And if Alabama's trying to come after you, if Georgia's trying to come after you, if Auburn sent out an offer to you a few weeks ago, if TCU tried to poach you a couple of weeks ago, you use that to your advantage in your contract, right? So I don't blame the guy at all if he's not going to come out and say, hey, guys, I, I'm, I'm staying here. In fact, I, I feel like we hardly ever see that with coordinators who end up staying at a school. That's just not something that you, you see. And and why and why does he need to do it? Like to calm the fan base down? To help with recruiting? Because I'm gonna guess that he's telling recruits that he's not going anywhere if that is the case. So I I, I just I don't I don't think it's urgent that he needs to put anything out.
3: Right. And you know, Parker has said that, you know, Michael Hawkins Jr. looks like he might actually commit uh, less than a week uh, from today he might commit on the 31st things like that people were speculating well the reason you know it got pushed back is because levy rumors I think that's something that people are using as a negative recruiting tool against Oklahoma because Oklahoma does look like the uh, um, the massive leader in that recruitment but again I think I think he's on track to announce on the 31st I expect it to be the sooners and I think that's just another reason to believe that Levy isn't going anywhere
2: you still think Michael Hawkins is going to announce on the 31st even though he announced that he's pushing it back but then later deleted his tweet
3: yes I I, I still think the 31st uh, is It'd the move. Be
2: next Tuesday right is the 31st yeah I think it is yep, yep, six yep, days yep. you could get uh, if you're right you get your first commit for 2024 that that would be nice uh, I, I guess actually we do have an update to the Alabama OC search. Uh, Chris Lowe of ESPN tweeted out earlier today, talking to uh, several people close to the situation, Dan Mullen is not a candidate for Alabama's OC job. Mullen has enjoyed the time away from coaching to be with his family and also wants to concentrate on his TV career as a football analyst. Good for old Dan. Um, I, I cannot see a world in where Dan Mullen – Tries to coexist with Nick Saban. <laughs> I Saban is known to uh, scream at his offensive coordinators on the sideline during a game. I I, I don't think Dan Mullen's about that life. I, I don't feel like he'd handle that one too well.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I agree with that. And it's yeah, I think uh, Mullen's pretty happy doing television, working a little bit, going down to the lake house. You know, hanging out. I I think he's quite enjoying it. I I'm not sure. I think they hire. I think they, I think they would have loved to have Riley uh, personally. Uh, Garrett, that is. Well, theoretically, I guess they'd love to have Lincoln right now too. But I don't think, uh, I don't think they're going to get him. But yeah, I don't know. I uh, it'll be interesting. Maybe he'll go Tyler. Maybe he'll go Bill Belichick on us and not have an offensive coordinator.
2: Ooh, Saban calling his own plays. Finally, he's looking to get all the credit. Maybe he's the OC and the DC
3: at the same time. Hey, Some maybe, would still pick hey,
2: Alabama to win the championship. Maybe
3: he's hearing uh, maybe he's hearing everybody anoint Kirby Smart, much like they did Dabo after his two titles. Maybe they're hearing him anoint anoint Kirby Smart and say, you know what, I'll do it myself. Maybe so. Um, he would get all the credit. He'd still probably have a top three
2: recruiting class if he didn't have an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator. He, heck, he doesn't have either right now, and he's still got the number one recruiting class. Uh, Greg from Lawton says, if you're wrong about Jeff Lebby, the castle will burn. Oh, I oh, totally – I know what the text line's going to look like, trust me, if Jeff Levy ends up going to Alabama. I, I've seen what that text line looks before, but I'm confident that he's not going to go anywhere.
3: Yeah, yeah, and, and we'll see. Like I said, I think it, we probably would have heard otherwise from people in Oklahoma by now.
2: If Lebby isn't going to Bama, please explain why Bama stra- staff and administration are going to be in Norman on Saturday. Ask the paranoid fan who thinks Lebby should be fired during the season, but in the offseason fears he would leave. We, we, have gotten, we have gotten some of that, Travis. Some who thought Lebby was trash and needs to be fired are all of a sudden very concerned that he might roll to the SEC as an OC.
3: Yeah, it's, it's funny, Tyler, because the SEC talk... About it is, we just got a text. I've I've lost it, but I I tried looking for it. But it was funny because the Porter Moser conversation was like, you know what? Let's keep him with the SEC because our schedule is going to get a lot easier getting out of the Big Twelve. And I don't think I've I've read anything about the SEC being easier, but I simply just didn't consider it for basketball. So that's a pretty good point. Um, But. But yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think Levy, with the SEC move, I think that's attractive. Uh, if you prove you can do it there, then you're in good shape.
2: Uh, Levy is going to have a couple Heisman winners before he goes elsewhere. He has too much talent coming in next to season. That's from the uh, 918. Uh, I'm not taking the OSU coordinator job, Levy, probably. <laughs> this one says Kale Gundy to Alabama. So we're all over the board right now. Keep it coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. We'll hit more college football on the other side. Keep it locked on the Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans.
0: Make the right call for OU coverage in the Sooner State. Lock it on the Ref Sports Radio Network, your home for Sooner fans. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC truck series, like offering the world's first available six-function multi-pro tailgate on Sierra. This tailgate takes innovation to the next level with six distinct functions that let you load, unload, and access the cargo box quicker. Construction services in Oklahoma for residential and commercial clients. Mop and Roofing and Construction is a locally owned family business. They do work right the first time. Mop and Roofing has insurance specialists to work with your insurance company in resolving your damage claims. Call Bob at Mop and Roofing and Construction at 405-703-3843
2: for your free estimate today. 405-703-3843. Or visit mopandroofing.com. Mop and Roofing. Go Sooners. Download our free app in the App Store. Just search KREF to listen to us wherever you're at on the go. K-R-E-F app, K-R-E-F in the App Store. You were in Vegas this past weekend. I hope you had a uh, fantastic uh, time out there in the desert. It does have me thinking, though. You know, they've got Allegiant Stadium out there, which is awesome and not too far away from the Strip. Textline can help us out on this. Has OU ever played a game in Vegas before? Because unless it happened in the very early 90s or at some time in the 80s, I can't remember a time where OU's played a game in Vegas, but the thought of it, I, I don't know about you, Travis, but the thought of it for me sounds sounds pretty awesome, <laughs> to, to play a game, especially if you did Labor Day weekend, where everyone has a three-day weekend, uh, playing out at Legion Stadium would be, that'd be legit, I'd be all for it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I am, I'm a big fan of Vegas, uh, I will be hopefully back this summer. Uh, as well, uh, I was out there for for shot show. Actually, uh, I uh, on my airline sat next to a member of the Kref army. Wow. Uh, John Richardson cool. uh, out of nowhere wasn't planned or anything like that. So uh, John Richardson out in Owasso. Uh, he was uh, he tunes in a bunch. So uh, but yeah, I think I think it'd be a blast. I mean, Tyler, you and I talk a lot about what city do you want to go to to like it it whenever OU wins its next national championship. Where do you want that to be won in? I know you're, you're big on New Orleans. Very um, big on New Orleans. I'm, I'm also big on New Orleans. I just, I like the idea of, and I know the bowl's not played there, but I like the idea of San Antonio just simply because I, I really enjoy the city of San Antonio and the Riverwalk and, and how that's all laid out. I think it's really good. But, man, Vegas, Tyler, man, Vegas would be a lot of fun. Vegas would be
2: sweet. I, I, I like The only way is going to play there, they don't host a semifinal game. Um, they're not even hosting a national championship game anymore. They were supposed to in 2025, and then they had to say, uh, we can't do this anymore because the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, it's held in Vegas every year in early January, and I guess like 200,000 visitors come to Vegas for that. That booted out the national championship game. So... I, The national championship game is not going to move from January, right? So it would probably have to be a neutral site non-conference game that OU schedules at some point. And maybe it happens, but I feel like we're pretty far off from seeing OU play UCLA or Utah or USC out in Vegas.
3: Yeah, I mean, it would be yeah I think that it would have to be like a one of those week zero or week one type neutral site situations, uh, but I mean Vegas is always having conferences, like I said, I was just in Vegas for a conference shot show was going on, and then like the I don't know international cement show was going on or this like they always the reason that they have a billion hotel rooms is because every one of those resorts has conference space for them, so I mean that uh, you would hope that wouldn't deter much.
2: Yeah, you, you would hope, but um, now's a good time to play out in Vegas. Now that they have the new Allegiant Stadium that's out there, the old Sam Boyd Stadium, UNLV used to play out there. They'd have uh, monster trucks uh, events out there. They had everything out there. I think uh, Teddy used to play in the USFL out at Sam Boyd Stadium. Like anything and everything, seemingly was out there. Now that they got that big time NFL stadium, it's indoors as well, which would be very important for a early September game. Out in Vegas, I would, uh, I'd be all for it, but I, uh, I'm not holding my breath that that's going to happen anytime soon. And I, I will say this, as, mu- as much fun as it would be to see OU play in Vegas for a football game, I, I am not, I'm not a fan of the neutral site non-conference games. For instance, um, LSU and Florida State played in New Orleans this past year, right? And LSU and Florida State are going to play again this year, week one, in Orlando. Why? Why do we do that? Why Why isn't LSU-Florida State a home-and-home home in Baton Rouge and in Tallahassee? That, that'd that be so much better, so much better for the local economies. It's better stadiums that you would be playing in. I know it's going to continue to be a thing because, you know, these cities, like especially Atlanta, they like to have, like, two neutral site games to kick off the year. But I'm old school. I'm traditional. Give me home-and-home home all day long.
3: Yeah, um, but that leads into the discussion that is going to be a, you know, is an evergreen off-season discussion, Tyler, is what about OU Texas?
2: Yeah, well, that's different, all right? Come on. It's a little bit <laughs> exactly. different. It's exactly. a little bit different. That game's no, I, perfect, all right? We don't need to mess with that one. Right. Right,
3: no, but there are people who uh, who take your argument about other neutral side games and apply it uh, to OU Texas because there are valid points. So, uh, anyways, yeah, I think, I, think uh, I agree with you on a lot of those neutral side things, unless it's a – situation like playing in Dublin or something like that kind of stuff is just like that that's pretty special stuff
2: yeah well Nebraska fans flock to uh Dublin can't imagine yeah. how much they paid to get out there they were all excited only to get handed a uh, uh a big old L by Northwestern to start Ooh, the
3: year first of many
2: Ugh. I think Dublin has another game this year I think maybe Notre Dame plays out there to to
3: open the year I want to say it makes sense for Notre Dame to yeah. be playing out there consistently personally
2: yeah uh, let's see, really would like to see OU win it all in Miami again. It's home for us and national championships. It's true. I, like, when, you think of, um, when you think of the history of OU, like Miami is a very, very big part of that. Uh, 2000, 1985, I, I, just about every, every one of OU's national championships has been won after an Orange Bowl. So, yeah, my, Miami is a special place. It's just like the city is not great for hosting a bowl game like not Miami not. is awesome like weather wise but it's just not the same as as New Orleans and you mentioned San Antonio earlier like I've been to Miami for a national championship game before and you like in New Orleans you know where at, wherever you're at in the city for the most part you know there's a football game going on
3: Miami that's not the case man right no I was I was down at that uh that Florida game that national championship and yeah, I mean, we stayed on South Beach, and every once in a while you'd see, you know, some, some OU fans, or you wouldn't see that many Florida fans, I suppose. But it was a drive, right, to, to get to the stadium. And while, while it's not really set up well for a, a big football game, Tyler, I did enjoy the weather, you know.
2: Sure, the weather was awesome. Wasn't yeah, bad. But uh, <laughs> you don't get the game day feel until you enter into the parking lot. That's the first time that you start feeling like, oh, there's a football game in town, a national yeah. championship game.
3: Yeah, well, and and you'll never get, you know, the national championship, it's kind of gone the way of the Super Bowl, it's so uh, commercialized, and so, um, I don't know, sterilized perhaps would be a word, but it's like, you know, you've got all the big tailgates that are sponsored by T-Mobile, or Visa, or something like that, the 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 blah, blah, blah fan experience, like, you know, what makes college football so great is, you know, the tailgating, the, the, the local fair, all that kind of stuff, and And you don't really get that in a national championship setting often. So it's like how how much do you try and cling to that when you know it's not possible in the first place?
2: OU versus USC in Vegas over Labor Day weekend. Let's go, says a texture from the 918. Could you imagine? Could you imagine how many OU fans? Like Vegas, it's a lot more expensive to get there than it was 15 years ago. Uh, I, I it does not matter, travis like there would might be eighty percent oU fans in that place hey that night, at, not more Ale-
3: Allegiant flies uh you know Mondays and Fridays uh direct to Vegas for like ninety three dollars so um yeah uh, we, we we could get there on that, but yeah, it would be massive droves here's the thing not only would oU fans be motivated to go to that game, Tyler there's simply just a lot more o u fans. I mean, I mean, look at the look at the Twitter accounts of USC F B versus O U football, and uh, that alone will show you how many uh, diehards the schools have.
2: Guy from Guyer says, "I'm more of a Destin guy." Do they have a stadium? Um, Destin does not have a stadium, but Niceville is right up the street, home of Roy Finch. I know they have a football stadium. But the Maybe humidity, the, the humidity in uh, the 30A area, I believe, is what they call it. Um, that's that's gonna be <laughs> that's gonna be pretty rough, especially if you're playing a game in the Panhandle in the month of uh, September. That that'd be that'd be pretty rough. All right, 405-651-3439. You guys are killing it as always on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Let's keep it going. More college football on the other side. Keep it locked on the ref.
0: This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
2: Buicks are
0: back. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno has a lot full of new 2023 Envisions. That's right, several to choose from. Take up to $3,100 off MSRP. Price to sell and ready to move. Load up this new year in a new 2023 Envision and drive those savings right back to the bank. Envisions on the lot. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC,
2: I-40 and Highway 81. In- part of a midweek Bible study or community service event or join us for traditional or modern worship on Sunday morning. You're always Welcome at McFarland, where we're changing lives that change the world. Learn more on our website at McFarlandUMC.org or call us at 321-3484. Cavens Construction bringing to you this hour of the rush. Go check them out, CavinsConstruction.com. Say they're a five-tool player because it's true. You got an issue with your home or your office building, contact Cavens Construction, 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048. Tulsa, they're here to serve you as well. 918-282-7612. That's 918-282-7612. Big news yesterday, Brian Nardo, as we now call him Nardog, got hired as the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma State from Gannon University. Uh, were you like everyone else and had never heard of Gannon University before? Because
3: I sure hadn't. Yeah, I, I, I don't think to be honest uh, anybody had. But here, but here's the thing, man. It's it's on brand for Gundy, right? He wants to, you know, have one of these kind of projects. He's like, well, look at, I mean, Jim Knowles was the most obvious, uh, you know, example where where they say, well, you know, look, look at Jim Knowles. It's like, first of all, there are so many. context matters right Tyler and there were a bunch of 23 year olds running around 50 year dudes running around on Jim Knowles defense he left Ohio State and I know some Ohio State guys aren't exactly thrilled with him after Michigan stomped him yet again so uh, I I don't know it may work out you know but I just I don't see it man I really don't I, I don't think it's just a situation where you know he gets brought in and all of a sudden boom his next stop is it's gonna you know, be an Alabama. uphill fight
2: for it. yeah they're just not I mean they're their best talent left I mean it's it's gonna be tough for him year one
3: for sure well and what did we hear about S- simply when let's just use Todd Bates as an example when Todd Bates announced that he was coming to OU you remember what happened on Twitter like every 2024 kid blah blah like They sent the eyeball emoji. They were like, oh, man, that's big. All that. It kind of created some shockwaves. You know why? Because the top players in the country knew who that was or they had relationships with them or anything like that. OSU has lived on, you know, poor recruiting and good development, right? But the problem is now the transfer portals here, you can't rely on that as, as much, right? You've got to build from the high school ranks a little bit better. What does it do? when you get a guy that no top players in the country has ever heard of him or the school that he coached at. yeah, And he may be the nicest guy walking the earth. From all accounts, he, he is. is the nicest guy walking saw the a earth. I saw te- a lot of tweets that said that yesterday. ton of his former players. like I haven't heard a bad word about the dude from anybody who knows him. But at the same time, man, if Gundy wants to talk about, oh, we're their school with a logo too, you know, we're going to be top dogs in the Big 12, this, that, and the other. Like, if you want to talk about being a school with a logo, go make a school with a logo higher. Yeah, well, they, they didn't this time around. And, yes, it may
2: work out, but to your point, uh, a, a guy that was coaching in the – what conference is that? That was like the uh, Pennsylvania Athletic Conference or something like that. It's not going to make shockwaves in recruiting. And they need they need an uptick in recruiting. It feels
3: like that's pretty obvious right now. So. Yeah, because because that's what got to him last year. You remember when, you know, when, when they kind of started to unravel a bit, everybody said, uh, or Gundy said, well, it's injuries. Everybody had injuries. The only difference is they'll recruit well enough to have a two-deep, you know, with some talent on it. Oklahoma State does not.
2: By the way, uh, you can apply to be on Britt Venable's staff on LinkedIn. They're looking for an offensive analyst, and I guess you can apply uh, on LinkedIn. We'll tell you about that and a whole lot more Coming up next, keep it locked in the ref. We are the home of Sooner fans.
0: 1400 AM, KREF, Norman.